Hello and welcome to The Big Fight, a show that is young at 23, the oldest running debate show on Indian news television. I'm Sanket Upadhyay. You see, over the past few weeks, one thing which had started off as something which was extremely surprising that the parliament is not functioning and the treasury benches are responsible for it because they want Rahul Gandhi to apologize for his utterances abroad has now become passe. That's a very little part of the public discourse or political discourse. The bigger discussion then became Rahul Gandhi's disqualification. First his conviction in an old case and then his subsequent disqualification. And now an even bigger issue of public discourse, even that is possible, by the way, an even bigger issue of public discourse is how each political party is choosing to treat this particular issue. As the BJP likes to call it, Aapda Me Afsar. But has this created, has this crisis created a window of opportunity for the opposition and not the BJP? The BJP is now asking the Congress, why aren't you going in appeal against this decision? The Congress says, we'll exercise our right when we have to. And all different political formations are now happening. All those parties in the opposition that were seen disliking the Congress, disapproving of the Congress, now seem to be in alignment. While one question can be, for how long? The other question can be, very, very significantly, will all of this will be put to test in an upcoming important state assembly election of Karnataka? So on the big fight tonight, on test, BJP's clout versus opposition unity, has Karnataka become more than just a state assembly election? I would like to introduce our guest, Ms. Arti Jairat, senior journalist in the studio with me, uh, Professor Geeta Bhatt, political analyst in the studio with me, Mr. Madhavan Narayanan, senior journalist, thank you very much for joining us, Tushar Gupta, senior editor of Saraj. Uh, Captain Ganesh Karnik, spokesperson of the BJP, M. Nagaraju Yadav, MLC and spokesperson of the Congress Party, and T.M. Veera Raghav, executive editor of BQ Prime. On this show, we have a very simple format so that none of you accuse me later of not allowing you time. Everybody gets one minute time for their opening comments and then we kickstart what we call the big fight, the politest big fight that exists on Indian television. Uh, Arti Jairat, we would like to begin with you first. Your time starts now. Okay, well, um, you know, I think that we sitting in Delhi would like to see the Karnataka elections as, uh, you know, kind of the pivot being what's happening in national politics. But I think in Karnataka, people are very clear. They are going to vote on local issues. And we have seen this in Karnataka again and again. Uh, we saw it in 1999 when simultaneous assembly and Lok Sabha polls were held. We saw it in 1989 when simultaneous assembly and Lok Sabha polls were held. Both times the people of Karnataka voted differently mm. for assembly and voted differently for Lok Sabha. So I think the people are very clear that the elections, assembly elections are on local issues. And they will vote accordingly no matter what spin, uh, you know, the Congress and the BJP may like to give it. They are national parties, so naturally they would like to bring in national issues. But I think as far as the people are concerned, it's going to be purely based on local issues. Okay, interesting. Professor Bhatt. Well, Sanketji, uh, Karnataka election, uh, definitely local issues are going to gain importance. And uh, uh, in that case, uh, we have seen the development of the state and all the various infrastructure projects in which center has been, you know, very forthcoming. It's been almost 16,000 crore 
uh, worth of projects have been initiated by the Prime Minister. There is an express highway, there is a Vande Bharat train that has already started. So all these development issues are definitely going to uh, matter and along with it, there will be cultural issues also, social issues also, which will uh, have their impact. But nevertheless, we cannot say that the national issues, they are going to be uh, absolutely not going any mark on the Karnataka election because definitely the way uh, Congress party and Rahul Gandhi's disqualification, how they are playing around it and the other opposition parties, how they are trying to look at an opportunity into it is going to be a spoiled sport in Karnataka elections. Okay. Uh, Madhavan Narayan. Well, I think uh, Karnataka is not really a bellwether state for all of India, but it's very significant for two, three reasons. First, we will find out if BJP is truly a national party as it's coming, uh, claiming to be or has been projected under Mr. Modi because uh, BJP is nowhere in power in the southern part of India except in Karnataka. So losing Karnataka will be symbolic, symbolically a very big uh, loss for Mr. Modi. Also, local issues and development issues do matter. And uh, the way the caste politics is playing out under BJP's uh, uh, you know, political strategy it would make us seem that it's not so much the Modi factor or Hindutva, but good old Indian social coalition building that is working. And so to that extent, the uh, both Mr. Modi's charisma or leadership as well as the Hindutva plank will be seriously put to test. Last but not least, uh, we are going to be watching if there is such a thing called Modi fatigue. Because 10 years in power, even the best of leaders in electoral democracies do suffer fatigue from the point of view of voters. Mm. And the numbers in Karnataka will show whether uh, BJP will actually uh, have that kind of a magnificent hold that his party projects Mr. Okay. Modi to be. Okay. Uh, uh, Veera Raghav, your opening comments. Well, very quickly, three points here, Sanket. One, Karnataka is, the voter is an extremely discerning voter, and you see the vote shares in the past, and that'll tell you the story. JDS, for instance, as a party, gets about 19% vote share consistently in the last two assembly elections with about 37 assembly constituencies. When it comes to parliamentary elections, the JDS vote share drops below 10%. They end up getting one or two seats only. So the voter is very discerning. When it comes to a state election, they vote on their regional, uh, sub-regional, caste, social arithmetic lines. When it comes to a national election, the BJP gets more than a 50% vote share. They sweep up to 25 seats in a parliamentary election, but can't cross the 112 mark in a state assembly election yet. So that's point number one, that please don't take this assembly election as a reflection of the Karnataka voter itself in a national election. A. B. You were talking about opposition unity. You see, in Karnataka, the Congress and JDS are at loggerheads in the old Mysore region or in that heartland of the Vokkaliga vote, which is Mandya, Hassan and Mysore. Uh, in other parts, it's the Congress versus BJP. This is also the case, if I can broaden it, to other southern states as well. Where the Congress has a presence, it's fighting the regional party. So, how does that unity come about, for instance, in a state like Telangana, where you have the BRS, the Congress would be one of those principal parties which is opposing it. How does that work? In an Andhra Pradesh, you have Jagan Mohan Reddy in charge, and the Congress is a non-existent player at the moment in that state. So given these factors, I don't think Karnataka can be a bellwether test for whether this is a clout contest between the Narendra Modi government and sure. BJP and 
opposition unity okay why, why why see uh, we are going to we're going to put that to uh, a debate while that is an assessment on the ground uh, it seems that politically an attempt to that effect is definitely being made uh, the, the assessment that uh, professor bhat just made that uh, obviously it will have some bearing on the result uh, let's let's quickly get in more uh, views tushar gupta senior editor of suraj your opening comments look just to continue where the previous speaker left from in 2018 bjp's vote share was a little above 36% in 2019 you saw a counter consolidation and it sprung over 51% now bjp really needs to do very badly for that 51% vote share to come down to 30 35% which will leave them at 70 to 80 seats but more importantly this looks like a three way contest the congress and the jds are not willing to get along even until the last state assembly election results were announced there was no alliance in place so where does a three way contest leave the swing voter what are they thinking are they prioritizing double engine ki sarkar are they prioritizing local issues having said that while this election may not be a testament to how the national elections in 24 may play out it would also reflect how congress is willing to do in states where they have an opportunity last year they were expected to score big in uttarakhand and goa they failed this year they expected to score well in karnataka will they do it let's see but if bjp even loses the state they'll still make a comeback for congress winning the state or at least scoring well is important ahead of the national elections 2024 okay uh, captain ganesh karthik and uh, uh, mr yadav one by one first captain uh, captain karnik your opening comments <laughs> uh well thank you mr sanket and my critics and best wishes to all the co panelists i respectfully uh, gather the information given by all the senior journalists and it's a big input for me and to my party and thank them for that see in karnataka we are ahead as far as the campaign is concerned during the past 3 months honorable prime minister has gone around the entire uh, state during his uh, eight or nine trip, uh, trips to karnataka state and uh, he has communicated with people and people have accepted him wholeheartedly the kind of response that we got uh, for my prime minister visit is uh, you know unprecedented the second part is in preparation to the uh, ensuing elections the party has done three four different kinds of rallies in all parts of the uh, you know state so even for that rally including the last one vijay sankalp yatra we have had uh, received wonderful response from people the third point is in 2008 and 2018 the karnataka electorate did not give us a simple majority and what happened after that the people have realized today the people of karnataka have made up their mind hmm. to see that okay. in karnataka for the first time bjp comes to bjp comes to power with a simple majority okay so, m nagaraju yadav one minute time is up i'm going to come back to you uh, okay. m nagaraju okay. yadav your you opening so comments thank you thank, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity mr sanket now the issue has been raised by the bjp spokesperson other things also have been heard by me only thing i'll tell you karnataka is completely uh, we are aware in since 1995 85 till till then to from the from there till today no ruling party has come back to power ramkrishna yadav was the last person to come back to power being as a chief chief minister that one part the second part is this that uh, modi versus the local leaders of karnataka today bjp has got no local leaders with them at all 
today we have a strong leaders like dk shukumar sidramaiya madhukaran karge and the highest leaders of the gallery of leaders are there available in karnataka state and bjp is not able to cope to the speed what we are campaigning today and the 40% sarkar uh, which has been doubling in sarkar they have failed completely in implementing the project as they promised in the uh, previous election and also we know it very well till today uh, from the time of independence uh, independence till today the bjp has not come back to power with a single party majority with 113 seats at all they try to fabricate the mandate uh, by um, by getting an operation lotus in place and forming the government the people of karnataka is well aware they will not uh, they will not entertain the people who are involved in the corruption whether it is the psc scam whether lecturers appointment scam whether it is a santosh patil uh, suicidal case or x number of cases what they are okay. facing today people of karnataka is okay. going to punish them and definitely they will be out sure. of power i'm going to come back to you mr yadav but uh, veera you see an attempt you said that obviously local issues uh, the the own dynamics of karnataka are going to be at play the various regions vote differently uh their voting pattern in lok sabha are different from voting pattern in uh, vidhan sabha all of that is understood uh that happens in other states as well but the attempt being made to nationalize every election and we know that this is a reality it happens every local i mean we have seen national issues being raised in municipal elections even that is a reality so given that context and the fact that some amount of national issues will spill into karnataka election campaigning also do you then feel that there will be a, an impact or there will be zero impact on the ground well i i think as far as the bjp is concerned sanket it's it's a given that uh, the prime minister is the biggest face and in fact in karnataka they would like to distance as much as possible from the state leadership to avoid anti incumbency and it's on the prime minister's a uh, face and the uh, a narrative that they would like to push forward well you're right in the sense that there is an attempt being made to turn it there will be a national implication in the sense that if the congress gets a boost uh, in this election how they will play out at a national level will uh, will be interesting to watch for the bjp it would also be important nationally as a state as uh, one of the panelists pointed out uh, about holding that southern state uh, the only southern state that they have so you're right the the attempt will be there to take away take a national take away but i think the more important thing when you talk of opposition unity sanket is are you looking at creating an opposition or are you looking at individual benefits for the congress or each regional party i think often the the problem is that if the congress has to survive by itself it needs to do so at the cost of the regional parties as well as that of the bharatiya janata party and that's what results in a conflict at the grassroots Okay, Aarti uh, Jayat and then Mr. Narayanan, one by one. You know, Sanket, look, we are talking about a state election, and I think we should be very clear that this mm. is a state election. And you know, although increasingly we are finding in other states that people do make a distinction, Karnataka is one of the first states where this distinction was made. You know, the voter there mm. is very discerning. uh they really do mm. make a distinction between what is a state assembly election and a local uh, a national election mm. so you know questions like opposition unity and rahul rahul gandhi's disqualification may have some kind of emotive appeal because i think in the states in the south in particular there is still some emotional uh, connect with the gandhi family not true in the north but in the south it's still there so you know i mean rahul gandhi disqualification may play out in a positive way mm. for the congress but at the end of the day i think what 
you know, what people will really look at is the governance of the last five years. Mm. And I'm afraid it's not been governance, it's been misgovernance. Mm. Uh, particularly after this whole leadership crisis in the BJP, when they removed Yadurapa, they put in a very ineffective chief minister. Uh, you know, then they've, made, they've been making very foolish mistakes. Like, you know, they've been, they, this whole thing of removing Muslims, uh, you know, from the reservation uh, quota and, you know, trying to divide it between the Lingayats and Vokaligas, it's backfired because neither the Lingayats are happy nor the Vokaligas are happy. Mm. The BJP has been too closely identified with the Lingayat community to actually make a breakthrough with the Vokaliga community. And for some strange reason, although the BJP has got which is why it it's gripped really well, uh, yeah. you know, on the mm. caste matrix in the north. Mm. For some reason, they've not been able to crack the caste matrix. And in it's the not south. like caste does not exist in the south. Absolutely, it in Karnataka, it does very, very much. Mm. But it's not been able to get that grip on mm. the caste matrix, mm. you know. So therefore, it has been, you know, sort of basically dependent on two things. Uh, by, by the One way, is the Lingayat yeah. vote; the other is Hindu-Muslim polarization. This, this point that you're making, caste and its play, and how the BJP handles it in the south, they've cracked it, aced it in the north, uh, will be put to test in another South Indian state later this year, that is Telangana, mm-hmm. where again yes. the BJP is very hopeful that they will make yeah. some inroads. Uh, yes. Let me pick up from there, Sanket, hmm. because first of all, I'm, I'm uh, glad that Arti brought up the Lingayat versus Vokaliga issue because I was surprised that we were discussing Karnataka 15 minute, uh, minutes without mentioning yeah, either of the two. we didn't mention this. Yeah, like but, in Gujarat, you, you talk about Keruva Patel and Lehuva Patel. Yeah, huh? exactly. But in Karnataka, you talk about this. Huh? In the south in general, in Karnataka and Telangana and Tamil Nadu in particular, caste is not just about a certain category of society. Mm. Uh, it's also about so upward social mobility by highly educated and ambitious people who are looking for a bigger piece of the cake. So they are very aware. They are not vote banks in the traditional sense of the term. So to, uh, BJP is cast its loss by and, uh, lot, by and large with Lingayats, but that tends to polarize the others. I would like to also bring in focus a subterranean issue in Karnataka, which mm-hmm. is, prob- which is uh, I use a lot of game theory in my analyzing politics. Sure. So the Vokaligas, who are actually represented by D.K. Shivakumar in Karnataka Congress, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, ha, ha, know very well that their best case scenario, and by extension JDS, which is uh, dominated by Vokaligas, hmm. their best case scenario is to be part of a coalition government either way, hmm. whether it's Congress. So there might be a lot of uh, you know pre-election informal arrangements in a perceived three-way contests, hmm. so that they want to have that winning winner's card in the post-election scenario, mm. you know, being the kingmaker, if not the king, on, in some way. So I would look forward to some kind of uh, ground-level reports on these things happening. Sure. Uh, the other interesting thing is that farmers in general are vocaligas. So, mm. you know, the BJP's farm policies have not been very progressive. They've had the egg on their face with the farm bill. Mm. So that might go against the BJP. That's mm. another factor. Uh, let me also touch upon another crucial aspect, uh, Mr. Tushar Gupta, and that is how many senior leaders, one after the other, have shed the pretension also uh, of of appearing to be, uh, you know, not being seen as directly talking about it, but very, very directly talking about it. And that is the issue of polarization. Do you think that this is a clear-cut sign of nervousness, political nervousness? that you have to keep going back to statements where you say, uh, forget about smaller issues, concentrate on this. 
This is the birthplace of the entire hijab controversy. And I remember when it was playing out, the UP elections were on. And you will be surprised to know that whatever was happening in Karnataka with effect to Azan, hijab, was being very closely consumed in Uttar Pradesh as well. Oh, so true. it transcends state boundaries, the narratives. Well, in the, in the age of internet, everything transcends every boundary, Sanket. But you're absolutely right. There is going to be some hint of, you know, discussion around polarization in this election. But given where both parties, uh, parties are focusing right now... So Captain Karnik, let me come to you now. Is this a very, uh, a sort of a safe sanctuary for the BJP? To very conveniently bring up issues which you know are emotive. And they have not necessarily worked in your favor, by the way. Uh, All the time. I, I totally agree with uh, my friend from the Swaraj. What is going to be the issue raised by Congress... And BJP will definitely handle it head-on. And be it hijab, be it Rahul Gandhi's disqualification issue or whatever it is, there is always uh, two sides. They say he has been, uh, you know, cornered. But actually, it is the same legislation passed by their own government long ago. If they are going to make an issue, that means they don't have any other issue. In Karnataka, if they are going to talk to people about, uh, you know, what happened in the disqualification issue, that means they have no issue. And we will handle it uh, head-on, definitely. And hijab has settled down. If they want to wake it up, I have no problem. We will definitely confront it. So Karnataka electorate is a mature electorate and they will understand what are the issues concerning the state, what are the national issues. I, I, I'll tell you why I ask you this question. Only yesterday there was this huge political debate in Karnataka, only, only this Thursday, where we saw... Uh, a huge fight over uh, revamping uh, a Ram temple in Karnataka, where the BJP said that if we want to revive and reconstruct this temple, what is wrong? And all those who are opposing are anti-Ram. They don't want a Ram temple. So which, tem which temple you are referring to? In Karnataka. So which temple? Uh, well, uh, pardon my ignorance, I don't know the exact, maybe Veera can help me. The one that was announced uh, by the state government to uh, to be built in, in Mandya, in the Mysore Mandya, old Mysore region. The exactly. Promise that was made. Yeah, it's a, it's a very old temple in Ramnagar. They're trying to build a Ram Mandir. What is wrong with that? I know, that's the point. So the discourse always, somehow, always manages to... Uh, you know, move cling on to religion. yeah, I move towards religion. I think Mr. Modi knows no, whether so he's I trying to hedge his bets by bringing. There was an old temple. I'll tell you what, Sankit. And that old yeah. temple is being re rebuilt. What is wrong in I'm, that? Okay, Vidya Raghav wants to come in, and then Professor Bhatt. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry to jump in, but I just quickly tell you, I think the BJP would love to create the polarization narrative because that's the only way they see themselves moving away from the social coalitions and the arithmetic that exists, which is keeping them below 112 seats in an assembly election, but. I think the problem they face is that they don't have a leader. Partly, my 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 assessment would be partly. Oh dear, we'll go. Uh, we'll come back to Vira Raghav. We just lost that connection. But Professor Bhatt, you wanted to come. Yeah, oh. Sanketji, I just wanted to add to this was if you remember the last Karnataka election, it mm -hmm. was the Congress Party which, uh, very you know, very tacit manner had an understanding with SDPI, which is the political wing of the banned Popular Front of India. And it is, uh, you know, on record by the State Secretary of SDPI of Karnataka who said that last time, you know, in a way we were duped 
by the Congress by uh, you know taking uh, that we should not contest the election and they did not contest the election on a large number of seats. So ultimately, it is which party which is trying to you know gain from uh, trying to gain from doing appeasement of Muslims. That also needs to be seen. Mm -hmm. Secondly, also, if you look at uh, the Congress party, the two important faces as of now, Mr. D. Shiv Kumar and Siddharamaiya, their internal conflicts, how they are going to come up in the next couple of days, that also is going to decide the way, okay. you know, Congress uh, is going to. And also. Congress's internal conflict. Yeah, huh? yeah. And also uh, to notice that uh, Mr. Siddharamaiya, earlier he won by a very thin margin from Badami. Hmm. But this time he has changed okay. his seat. I think he this has is a very interesting the, point. You know, I, I'll come to you. A very so interesting point that is made. That polarization. Yeah, quickly. You know, it, and if then the Mr. BJP Yaw. does like go the polarization in. route this time, this will not be the first time it's done it. In every election it has started. In fact, the BJP's whole rise has been, you know, because mm. of Hindu-Muslim conflict. But look at this. They've, they've tried polarization and Lingayats, the combination... And every time they've never been able to touch the majority okay. mark. Let me okay. make a very so, small so you yeah, know, yeah, so it works in a small area of Karnataka. It does not work in the rest okay. of it. Okay, Mr. Madhav, I love the you, coastal uh, Mr. Yadav has been waiting for a long time. Mr. M. Nagaraju yeah. Yadav, you see my question, this, this question on leadership. And I want to ask you this question. While on one hand, you may accuse the BJP of uh, not being able to, or they, uh, they're existing a leadership crisis. That who after Bomai? Is Bomai really the the leader, who after Yedurappa, on the other hand, in your party, is it a case of an embarrassment of the riches? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Let Problem me tell you one plenty. thing. No, 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 no. That is not the issue. We are working out together. We are working as a team. We are believe in a collective leadership. 100% we have no difference of leadership opinions in the Karnataka state. That is actually, actually, that is the winning point of Congress today. Today, Congress is in 224 constituencies. We have uh, such strong workers in the booth level today. We will defeat the communal forces at any given point of time, time today. We are the only party to welcome the elections, which has been announced very, partly, very uh, recently. But BJP was not having guts to face on the election. They thought that another one week time, they want to bring Prime Minister for two more times. That is not the way at all. They, they insulted the Prime Minister. No, you, you look at your own party. Rahul Gandhi is going My to the same to... polar. You know, this is yes. almost... No. No, and that Gandhi is how is the back. election in Karnataka is getting nationalized. He's going. He's starting his no, campaign no, no, no. in the very no, same no. polar where the Modi surname no, no. battle happened. No, no, Sanket, you have you are mistaken. Rahul okay. Gandhi last week, last ten days back, he had come to Belgaum. He hmm. started his campaign now. Your Shakti program was there. Your Kranti program was there. Rahul Gandhi had come and he delivered a speech and gone. Sure. We already begun from there. Huh. Now the Kolar is an issue because it was in 2019. His speech was being uh, Mr. Was taken up by BJP. BJP MLA, the former minister of Gujarat, who filed a defamation case in uh, Surat court. What, what we are trying to the same person who had gone to the high court to stay that order of uh, proceedings. Okay, of the case. last two that minutes. Let me just take no, no, quick closing. No, no, comments. let me complete. Let me take, yeah. Let me complete, sir. Let me complete. Karnataka is looking forward for this election to defeat the communal forces, whether it is in the name of a language or in the name of uh, religion, whatever they are trying to do it, or by the being the leadership of Amit Shah or Modi, Karnataka will defeat them because the history okay, of sure. Karnataka. Yeah. Because we, 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 we lost Vira uh, while he was trying to make his point. What different commission sarkar will not continue in Karnataka. Okay, Mr. Yadav. Quick, quick comment from Vira and then Mr. Madhavan. 
Veera. Look, I was just I was just mentioning uh, Sanket that uh, I think the problem for BJP in terms of the polarization narrative is the absence of a state leader who can actually take all the regions together and 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 take that narrative forward. Until that time, they will have to stick as uh, uh, you know as was pointed out with the old narrative uh, that is the, the the Lingayat narrative, and then create uh, you know look at polarization to. Uh, and you know there are strong Hindutva territories in Karnataka, like coastal Karnataka is a Hindutva hinterland. So uh, whether it spreads across the state would depend on a the leader and b whether they are able to break through into that Vokaliga bastion. Hmm. Okay. Yes. I want to make a point. I want to coin a new term called PQ. You know, polarization quotient. You know, every state has its own PQ in India, hmm. and UP and Gujarat are very high up. And if you notice, it hasn't worked for BJP even in Himachal Pradesh and Rajasthan. Of course. So, therefore, it's very important to understand that highly educated, aware populace in states like Karnataka, uh, Tamil Nadu, Kerala, Telangana, here polarization is not so easy. Hmm. To that extent, the BJP knows this. Hmm. Mr. Modi always uses, or uh, RSS also, uses it as an entry-level strategy, and then they play the development card hmm. and the personality cult card. Hmm. They know exactly what's going on, because they know that polarization has its limits. So in Karnataka, its limits are even more. So we'll be very, they, they can't overplay the card and they won't overplay the you card. You know, you remind me of something that a, a senior leader of the BJP once told me uh, in confidence, but <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking that trust. Uh, I won't name that leader. He said that BJP is one web portal, its username is development and the password is polarization. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is how it works election after election. Thank you very much Without for joining us. They, they will not win the election. Yeah, sorry, Mr. Yadav, what are you saying? Without polarization, they can't even get 40 seats in Karnataka okay, state. Okay. Karnataka is a more, yeah, password more is development to be kept oriented secret. state. But they also know that the PQ is not uh, okay. high in all states. All right, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We're stopping for a short break at this moment. Two exclusive interviews up next. Welcome back. You're watching The Big Fight. And now I would like to introduce uh, Mr. Rakesh Sinha, MP of the Bharatiya Janata Party, uh, to take this discussion forward. Uh, Mr. Sinha, uh, you see, uh, Rahul Gandhi's disqualification. Do you think you have given uh, a sort of an opportunity to the opposition to come together and, uh, and campaign against you? I mean, what, what the opposition itself failed to do uh, to get these different warring factions... This one move has united them. You know that there is uh, disqualification is based on the court's verdict. It has nothing to do with political vendetta or political party's opinion about the Rahul Gandhi. But as far disqualification is concerned, and the opposition unity is is consequential effect, I consider that opposition the basis of opposition unity is, is to safeguard their corrupt practices. A larger number of opposition parties, opposition parties leaders are involved in the corruption directly and indirectly. And they are afraid of the agencies which are probing and investigating. Therefore, they are uniting to just to safeguard and opposition unity is a mask to, to, to cover their unethical practices they had done in the past. Therefore, I consider this unity is not going to work in the country because the people understand, understand their intention. They cannot give the country the stable government. They cannot give the, government, uh, the country the transparent government, which Prime Minister Modi is, uh, uh, is giving. And therefore, the 
the faith of the people and undiminished popularity of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, Modi is unmatched in, in contemporary Indian politics. No, you know, the feeling, Mr. Sinha, is that you push the opposition so much, far more for your own comfort zone, that they now feel the need to be together. You know, this is an unparalleled example in the democratic um, movement of all over the world. That one government is not facing anti-incumbency in first term. In second term also, the Prime Minister's property is increasing day by day. This government is the government led by Prime Minister Narendra Modi ji. We just see the, his popularity among the people. The faith of the people in Prime Minister, Prime Minister Narendra Modi ji. Only because the renouncement he has, he is a Prime Minister. But he is a renounced person. He, whatever he is doing, he is doing for the country. And I think this is one of the reasons that common masses are with Prime Minister Modi ji. One important aspect here, Sankit ji, that this country has witnessed various slogans like socialistic pattern of society in 1948. Then Congress has given the slogan of democratic socialism in 1956. Then welfare state in 1970s. And continue, continuous sloganering about the, about the people's welfare. But nothing could happen. Prime Minister Narendra Modi ji ha, has made the common people the stakeholders. The common people, the poor people are not merely the, the, uh, the object of mercy of the Indian government. They are now the stakeholders in the wealth creation and wealth distribution. That is very significant aspect, which is very obvious when 80 crore people are getting food, uh, 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 grains for, for their food. This is not the mercy on, uh, on the part of the Indian state. The 11 crore toilets, more than 11 crore toilets, Jandhan scheme. So all these things are meant for the common people. Therefore, I consider that, that the, this uh, circular polarization of the people on the on the ground of the uh, development on the ground of the policies which are meant for the common masses is going to support bjp and we will get more than what people expect in the next coming election in 2024 mr sina i mean see uh, let me frame this question differently you call the or you as in the prime minister says that the opposition is a coalition of the corrupt right now that has prompted some leaders in the opposition, for instance, the Aam Admi Party, which has now hit back by saying that the Prime Minister is less educated and the BJP is an association of the uneducated, Anpad Ki Jamaat. I'm afraid that Arvind Kejriwal understands what he speaks. In fact, uh, and I'm really sorry to speak, uh, use this term, sometimes he, he becomes an archist while he starts attacking the ruling party. In the parliamentary democracy, you cannot uh, shrug off uh, the constitutional position. Prime Minister Narendra Modi is the popular not because of mercy of uh, Arvind Kejriwal, not because of the opposition parties. He is a popular because of his own personality and his policies and perspective for the Indian people. His popularity is not, uh, uh, has uh, transcended the limit of geography and he is equally popular all over the country, all over the world. Therefore, I consider that whatever he speaks, it is a very pathetic and pity and I feel that Arvind, Arvind Kejriwal should, should refrain from using such term for the people holding the constitutional position. Prime Minister Narendra Modi's monkey bath, you know, he has expanded the horizon of the Indian Republic. Earlier, the, uh, just I'm giving one example, Padmebars were given to the people who, which when we were children, we used to consider some people from other world come and get the Padmebars. 
elitism was dominating. That's why Kriplani opposed the Padma Award when he was in parliament. But Prime Minister Narendra Modi expanded and the example is that, uh, that Lakshmi Kutti from Kerala, barefooted personality, Trinity Shayo from Jaintia is Meghalaya, Radhe Devi from Manipur, such kind of people, common people doing uncommon job. Arvind Kanivar cannot understand this because he understands only the language of colonial language. He speaks as, as the Lord Macaulay used to speak about the Indian rulers. I, I, I find that Arvind Kejivas is, is trying, to, trying to reflect what colonial rulers used to do for the Indian leaders, that time Congress leaders. That time colonial leaders used to call Congress leaders as gundas. That's why the, the, such language Arvind Kejriwal and the opposition party are using for the BJP. I, I, my only appeal to these people is that they should respect the mandate. If you don't respect the mandate, democracy cannot um, move smoothly in the country. Mr. Sinha, you know, one question I wanted to ask you, and this has been an allegation by the, uh, by the opposition time and again, on how you have brought in polarization into the Karnataka political discourse. And the one allegation is, that you are doing this. The reason why a lot of hijab, halal, azan, Tipu Sultan, all of this is happening in Karnataka, so that you do not have to answer any questions related to allegations of 40% corruption. So the corruption allegations that you have, you call uh, the opposition a coalition of the corrupt here at the center, but you are battling the same charges in Karnataka. You know, everybody knows that. There are certain unresolved questions in the society. And these questions have not been being pushed by the Bharatiya Janata Party. They are emerging from the civil society. The question of hijab. This is not limited to India. This is also the question in, in, uh, in Islamic countries. We are finding how the people are protesting, women are protesting in Iran. We are finding that how the, the such protests are, uh, protests are being um, organized in, uh, in Italy and other European countries. Therefore, when these questions are being raised from, the, from within the civil society, we should, we should see it in constructively, how to create a, a, a harmonious society. How to, how, how to remove all these things which become, uh, become detrimental for the secular democracy in the country. Uh, we should not go back to pre-1947 era. So Bharatiya Janata Party's only objective is to create culture and nationalism, to protect the diversity. We are not, we, we, we never divert the people from the real issues. You see the union government, what the Prime Minister is doing? You see the digital India. India is leading, the, India is a leading country in the world. People are following the example. T tuberculosis elimination. Prime Minister has given the slogan for tuberculosis elimination. And last point I am telling you, Sankit Ji, sanitary napkin. We had the, we had the government since 1947. No Prime Minister ever thought about the, how the co common woman, irritate and the poor woman should, should have right for the, uh, the, the hygiene. And the Prime Minister spoke in 2020 from the Red Fort about the sanitary napkin. Not only he had demolished the taboo, he also ensured that from the Jan Austri Kendra it should reach to the common uh, woman with a ch cheapest price, symbolic price. This is the governance. Governance for the people. And, and this governance for the people is not, uh, not respected and not realized by the people who co call themselves Aam Admi. They are not Aam Admi. They are the Vishesh Admi who, do the, who are involved in the corruption. 
Kejriwal should speak to the nation about the uh, about the uh, involvement of their own minister in the corruption they are in jail. I, therefore, I think that Bharatiya Janata Party is trying to create a society where this, that is a corruptionless, transparent society. And whatever we are doing in New Delhi, we will do in the Karnataka. All right, Mr. Rakesh Sena, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Also joining us is Congress MP Dipinder Hudda. Mr. Hudda, thank you very much. Uh, my first question to you is, do you think that this is uh, a big opportunity that has presented itself? Uh, for the opposition? See, uh, since you've asked a broader question, let me answer in a broader, broader framework. If you look at what's happening, and not just this particular incident of uh, disqualification of our party leader, Rahulji, what is happening is anybody in the opposition who's uh, vociferously raising concerns about the crony capitalism, the rampant crony capitalism and corruption and government favouring certain big corporate houses, including the one which, is, which has been named by Hindenburg report, namely the Adani group. Anybody who's uh, raising their voice against the government, bringing out their corruption and asking a probe into their corruption matters, asking for JPC, that particular opposition voice has been targeted, anybody, whoever, whosoever it may be. And the government has, uh, you know, uh, 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 not hesitated in using all uh, sorts of government machinery at its disposal, including their question marks on the role of the investigation agencies. There are even question marks on certain constitutional uh, institutions, uh, the government trying to uh, misuse certain constitutional institutions for its own, serving its own political interests. Now, in such an environment, it is uh, but natural uh, for uh, the opposition to find a common cause. And the utter injustice which has been meted out in the manner in which uh, Rahulji has been disqualified over a matter which is, which is as we all know, uh, is not uh, the, the disproportionate amount of punishment which has been meted out to him in the two-year conviction and then leading to a, uh, you know, razor quick uh, disqualification. Now, all this has, this particular incident has provided that opportunity and uh, for the opposition to come together. So, in a way, I think opposition coming together to raise the issue of crony capitalism, asking for a joint parliamentary committee probe into uh, these uh, wheelings and dealings of the government, it's a welcome uh, uh, step, one step forward. In It's a welcome step in fight for our a nation and a fight for our democracy. Well, Mr. Huda, you know, Rahul Gandhi's disqualification and many leaders in the opposition coming together, you making this statement, uh, the point that you are making, uh, it'll all be put to test in an electoral battle uh, when people are convinced. You can be convinced about an idea, but are the people convinced? So that is my next question. Do you feel that you've been able to take this message successfully to the people and its first test is going to be the Karnataka elections. No, it is reaching the people. See, I am, as you know, very much a ground, uh, 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 I'm a political worker connected to the ground. There are two things which you can find are a topic of discussion everywhere in the country today, in the countryside, in our cities, towns, villages. 
First is uh, the manner in which certain corporate houses have been uh, given uh, preferential treatment by this government, namely the one which is has been named by the Hindenburg report. So people are talking about the Adani group and uh, and how the uh, you know from railway to port to airports uh, to defence how. Uh, privatization and crony capitalism accompanying that privatization has become the norm in this particular government. That's the first thing, which is a topic of discussion everywhere, including uh, those who have supported BJP in the past. Second, the injustice and the extremely disproportionate amount of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, punishment which was meted out to our party leader. Uh, for no, uh, uh, you know, no apparent big uh, guilt or fault of his. Now that again, if they, whenever there is an injustice which is meted out by such a by such a government, it reminds people of the tyrannical uh, approaches, and I think that again has found uh, resonance amongst the people. So these two things, I can tell you for a fact, have found resonance amongst the people. people of this country and you talked about the opposition unity i think uh, not just you know the opposition have found a common cause but i think the people of this country also want to see a united opposition mr uda why aren't you appealing against this decision of the court uh, in a, in a higher court because this has also now become a political matter of discourse that you think it is very comfortable for you right now to keep this pot boiling political pot boiling Rahul Gandhi has been wronged, and get everyone together and not exercise a legal recourse. No, no, we will. Of course, we will uh, appeal in the court. That uh, uh, option within the judiciary framework is available to us, and we will avail of that. But now you uh, uh, talk about you know we utilizing this opportunity for our political ends. You look at what has happened. you know what has happened the chronological of the chronology of this particular uh, case will reveal the real intent of the government see you the actual you know uh, incident on which rahul ji has been convicted by this lower court he gave a speech in 2019 april in april 2019 a bjp mla in gujarat he filed a complaint and the case started then in 2022 this particular mla went to the gujarat high court and himself sought a stay on the his own proceedings in that particular matter in the lower court and the court provided that then in february 2023 this year february 7th rahul ji raised the bogey of uh, corruption against the corruption charges against this government on the floor of the house immediately after that this is february february 7th february 16th the same gujarat uh, bjp uh, uh, person he went again to the high court and said now the proceedings be restarted within a uh, within less, less than 10 days of that speech again the proceedings were started which were which were halted for the last almost uh, more than one year they were again reopened and in a matter of one month you know the court announced the conviction order and by the way and matter of less than 24 hours speaker of lok sabha proceeded to disqualify uh, rahul ji i have heard that there 
you know, the prestigious project of this government is to construct a bullet train from Ahmedabad to Mumbai. But we did not know there is a super bullet train which was also being constructed from Surat to Delhi. I mean, matter of overnight that order reached the uh, Lok Sabha Secretariat and the uh, Lok Sabha Speaker proceeded. There are so many orders, court orders. There is a court order recently which the High Delhi High Court passed that the government should provide old pension scheme to the paramilitary forces on the same pattern as, with, as the government is providing to the Army, Air Force and Navy. Three months have passed by that that order has not reached from Delhi High Court to the Central Secretariat. Three months. But here, matter of minutes, the order reached. So, this, the chronology and the haste and the manner in which the government has acted has revealed the real intention of the government and the real intention is very clear. They want to silence any voice which raises the, the issues related to the crony capitalism, the corruption charges and seeks an investigation against this government. Now you tell me, is it not in national interest if there are certain serious corruption charges which have been alleged, it is not in national interest to have a fair investigation into those matters? My final question, the Congress party also faces allegations of, uh, of trying to seek intervention by foreign countries. Most recently, uh, Digvijay Singh uh, thanking Germany for uh, their comment and commentary. And leader after leader of the Bharatiya Janata Party says that this is exactly what we were talking about, that the Congress party wants foreign intervention in domestic matters. Let me say, now you look at what has happened. Since February 7th, when Rahulji made that speech on the floor of the house and the opposition started demanding for a joint parliamentary committee probe into allegations of corruption of this government, what has happened after that? Now, one is this disqualification, number one. Number two, they attacked Rahulji for making a speech on, uh, or a statement in uh, London or Britain where they alleged that Rahulji has sought foreign uh, help from foreign countries where, on the contrary, Rahulji was very categorically clear in saying that these are, these are all our inter internal matters and we will have to sort them out internally. He had said it very clearly. But the first attack was, oh, you spoke on the foreign soil and now you have to apologize. Second attack was disqualification. Third attack was on that OBC. Certainly now the OBC issue has come up. Now BJP has to decide which is the issue on which they are taking us on? Now, they, for the, since we raised the demand for a, a, a joint parliamentary committee probe into a, a fair investigation into corruption allegations against the BJP government, as laid out by the bare facts of the Hindenburg report, BJP favoring one particular corporate house, their state governments favoring one particular corporate house, it is a just and fair demand for any opposition to demand an inquiry. Now, Okay, you don't want, you don't agree with that, but you are, are trying to silence us. But what is the issue that you are choosing to uh, target us on? You decide whether it's OBC, whether it's spoken on the foreign soil, whether it's disqualification. I mean, BJP has to be clear and we will answer on that particular issue. But the intention is brought out by the, these, uh, these attacks. That question is not about the issue. They just want to silence our, our voice and they just want to attack us. All right, Mr. Dipinder Hooda, thank you very much for joining us. With that, we come to the end of this edition of The Big Fight. News continues on the other side. Thanks for watching.